0: Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and we are recapping Dark. We're on Season 2, Episode 3. This one's called Ghosts, and I'm here with my co-host from one of my stories. It's Lindsay Dunn. Ahoy, Lindsay!
1: Ahoy, Steve!
0: How you doing tonight, Lindsay?
1: I'm doing okay. It's a um, weather, it's weird weather season here in North Carolina. Rain, uh-huh. heavy rains, and then clear skies, and then more torrents.
0: Yeah, we're, we're catching the same um, bands, I think, here in Virginia, because it's the same thing going on. It's like heavy thunderstorms, then nothing, and then like an even heavier thunderstorm, and then it's beautiful, and then it gets hot, and then it gets cold. It's, it's weird. Like the mm-hmm. world of dark i guess
1: (laughs) the world of is weird for sure and there's there's lots of crazy weather in winden as well you know all the rain
0: haven't seen a whole lot of that i saw a little bit this episode in the background um this episode is the point when i watched dark for the first time that i started getting confused But then I, instead of exploring that confusion, I just trudged on ahead and kept watching episode (laughs) after episode, not sure what Claudia was up to ever. Never really. I didn't really catch on to a lot of this stuff the first time through. So I have um, I wrote down a couple of talking points I wanted to bring up at the very end of this episode. Um, Just the name of our time travelers and what exactly their um, objectives are just so you know i can be straight in my mind and i know that i mean i consider myself a smart person i can follow a tv show and this lost me right here so i'm sure i'm not the only one so i want to i want to you know just like you i want to help guide listeners Mm -hmm. and like the readers along
1: yeah and ourselves
2: (laughs) (laughs) definitely (laughs) ourselves
0: that's the most important guy to figure this out is me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I heard a podcast today, they were, they talked about movies, and one of the guys said something. He said, um, this movie made me think about myself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what stuff does for me, too. <laughs> but yeah, this episode's neat. We don't get any Jonah, Jonas. Um, mm-hmm. We left on a cliffhanger last episode, and they left us hanging <laughs> for a whole nother episode here. Yeah, they're
1: going to make us wait. To find out the big reveal of what happened to Jonas.
0: <laughs> but remember, last episode I was complaining. I was like, "What happened to Hellgay? I want to know what happened to Hellgay." And here we go. This is exactly how this episode started out. Was answering my question. Did you know that?
1: I didn't. I forgot that that was. But I, when I watched that, that is the first thing. I thought of Steve. I thought of you. I thought Steve's hey. going to be happy because we'll get to see, you got to see little Helgay here.
0: Yeah. Didn't say a whole lot, but we got to see him anyway. And a whole mm-hmm. lot of Claudia. This is like a Claudia heavy episode. Oh
1: yeah. Lots of Claudia. Lots of Tiedemanns.
0: Yeah. And I get the Tiedemanns and the Dopplers like mixed up sometimes because I see like the Doppler household. And I'm like, wait, was this the hotel? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) But um, we're getting straight. Um, Did you have anything you wanted to bring up before we get on with your recap, Lindsay?
1: No, I think we can jump right into it.
0: I'm ready because I have questions. (laughs) Okay, great. I'll I'll let you tear into (laughs) it. Yeah,
1: I hope I have answers. This is not the point where I'm confused. Yet, but it is coming very soon. (laughs)
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) So this episode opens with young Helge. And Noah in the blue creepy bedroom. Helge looks really scared and his face is scratched and bruised from the mauling he received from Ulrich. (laughs) And Noah seems to be trying to assure him as he as assured as you can make somebody as you strap them into a metal chair Mm -hmm. and um it's an older chair than the one Mm. we've seen that eric was in because the one that eric was in only went around your eyes right it made a little visor across your eyes and this completely shuts you in to like Almost looks like an Iron Maiden type of (laughs) thing. This chair completely closes around a person.
0: It does, but I kind of think this is the newer, more souped up version because he had that vowel of cesium that he used to make it go. Somehow he had a vowel of that stuff and he had like all the time machine parts there. And instead of going over his eyes, like you said, it goes over his whole body. I was Mm kind of thinking this was like the new version where he's like I finally got this figured out you got to put it over the whole body you got to use this of stuff and this was successful this time it wasn't a failure that's what makes me think it was a newer improved version because Mm. it worked
1: Uh, it's definitely not a newer version because if we remember when we're with Eric it's Helge who's closing him in the machine
0: um that's true. But then again, we see like an older Ulrich and like an earlier year, too. But yeah, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. We do see Helge as far doing as that. But in, it's...
1: Helge, in Helge's years, he's younger here. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is right after, um, in my mind, this is after Helge has been transported. He's. Transported once when he did the switcher with Jonas, mm-hmm. and at this point, you know he was newly arrived. Noah met him for the first time in this room, and now he's like, "We need to we run need to run this again." And so this is because he's talking about how God chose you; you were mm-hmm. chosen. Uh, so I feel like this is this is pretty new, like a sleeker. OK, just think about in general with technology, you never go bigger. I mean, <laughs> cell phones used to be like big honking things, you know, and now they're like smaller and more compact. And now, I mean, they're sure there's cell phones that go slightly bigger. But to me, this thing is unwieldy. It's very medieval looking, whereas the. Yeah, this we hmm. might just have a difference of opinion here, but I feel like mm-hmm. this is this is like the first model before the sleeker model was invented. This was all they had to
2: okay. work
1: with, and I think maybe later they just ran out. They had this SEM here. I think maybe they ran out later, and that's why they don't they don't have it.
0: I guess okay. Yeah, we'll do the agree to disagree thing. I'll say <laughs> one more thing in my defense. Okay, which is um. You know you said something that made me stop in my tracks and say, "Oh, Lindsay's right. You're like Helge is the one that strapped in Eric." Correct. That right. was in this exact same room though. Mm-hmm. So like Helge is going to grow up. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I, when
1: he when he time when Helge time traveled mm-hmm. for the he was originally he was in the bunker. Nineteen fifty-three with the pine cones and all that stuff. Right. There was none of this stuff in the room. He like then traveled right. to the blue room. He's been right. there in the nineties timeline with Noah now for I don't know six, and he's been missing. You know he's been missing from his house. Um, yes. And we're gonna see him return to his house. But I feel <laughs> like this is early, in the, yeah, this is early in the process. This is pre Eric.
0: Okay. Yeah. But maybe this is what gave Noah like also, and this is, this is a point for you.
2: Mm -hmm. Noah
0: gave Noah the confidence to move forward. Oh, Hey, it worked. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I said, and this was something, you know, um, this was something like on our Facebook group, our dark ways, Facebook group, people were kind of arguing about a little bit. And, um, I don't my feeling is that Noah doesn't know about Jonas. He doesn't know this is the thing. He knows only knows about Helge, He doesn't know about Jonas. Okay. Because in his mind Jonas was in here to be like as another experiment. And so like he knew he was in the room but um this like I don't think yeah, I, I feel like he doesn't know about the Jonas Factor, so he's, Noah only has half of the information. He only knows Helge moved into the room. He doesn't know how it happened, but he's like, this is a okay. magical room, and, <laughs> you know, um, we just need to, we need to harness the energy, um, so.
2: Hmm.
1: um, But I think, okay, so, but for the rest of this scene, um... Helge is clutching that fenig coin in oh, right. his hand, and Noah says, "Time is always with you wherever you go. You carry it within you, and it carries you. It sees and hears everything that you do and say. And it's very uh, basically, time is like Santa Claus. I mean, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Um, and he's yeah. holding
0: that he's holding the proof in his hands." That that exact same penny that he got from Ulrich, that's who we got that penny from, was from adult Ulrich, who came right before he beat him with the rock. He showed that's it to right. him. He was like, you ever seen this before? Nope. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, <laughs> that, that is a good representation right there, because that thing is traveling back and forth in time.
1: That's interesting that he's clutching this thing that was given to him by a man <laughs> that tried to kill him.
0: That's right. It's-
1: it's kind of like you mentioned that Noah may have gotten his tattoo as an homage to the man that he killed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but yeah, that's a little odd that, that, um, it's a little odd that Helge would be clutching that thing from the man that tried to kill him.
0: Yeah. For <laughs> comfort, perhaps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So then 1954 Doris Tiedemann. And Agnes Nielsen are in the bedroom. Doris is lying on her back, and at first we're just like,
0: (laughs) What are you doing? Is she okay?
1: Is she hurt?
0: (laughs) Does she need CPR? Yeah.
1: Then we realize she's getting some, she's getting, she's getting enjoyment from Agnes. Yes. And Doris is wearing blue, Agnes is yellow. (laughs) Their rendezvous is interrupted by young Claudia coming in for the milk money. And she's really surprised to see them this way. Agnes gives her the money plus extra for some candy. And then (laughs) Claudia leaves. Doris feels kind of bad or embarrassed. She's worried about the fact that she was seen by her daughter, Agnes, just tells her all families have secrets.
0: Not helpful right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to leave on an errand of her own. But before she leaves, she tells Doris, you're beautiful.
0: Yes. That's how the Neil. That's how the Nielsen skirt around <laughs> saying "I love you." They skirt around their feelings just by saying "you're beautiful." <laughs> you pointed that out in our Facebook group as well. I saw that mm-hmm. you um, you pointed out the direct correlation between her telling this to her name is Doris, right? The uh,
1: Doris, yeah, yeah, Doris
0: Tiedemann, and then Ulrich saying this to Hannah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the "You're beautiful line um, I think that tells us that uh, obviously you know Doris is really enamored with Agnes it's, it's obvious that she's never experienced like an orgasm like that before mm-hmm. so and it's also obvious with this line <laughs> that perhaps Agnes doesn't feel quite the same way maybe it's like perhaps this timing might be a little bit too perfect what's Mm -hmm. happening here um yeah i don't want to say that about agnes but yeah maybe you know she's not you know in the most loving of ways perhaps
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah she may be she may have some motives it kind Mm -hmm. of depends on how you think ulrich feels about hannah um because Mm -hmm. because of the parallelism Mm -hmm. your view of what their relationship is like is now can, can sort of be tainted by, <laughs> sure. okay, remember that was, that was kind of how Ulrich kind of gave Hannah a little pat in the head. Oh, you're sweet. You know, um, not that she's not genuinely beautiful, you know, she is, but, um, just the way that it's kind of done now, Doris didn't really say anything. You know, she wasn't, she didn't, um, look for a specific assurance or anything (laughs) but she was kind of like oh you're leaving and sounded really disappointed so yeah it's kind of like it kind of makes you question Agnes's motives here and if she's you know maybe she does like Doris but did she come into this situation with a with a motive Mm -hmm. that she was going to seduce Doris
0: it seems that way to me. That's basically what my uh, what my takeaway from this scene is. Is um, well, first uh, my first takeaway was like, oh, Doris loves her. Doris is like into her.
2: Mm-hmm. But then,
0: like the as I rewatched, I kind of learned these things. The first time I watched this, it didn't even dawn on me that Claudia, young Claudia, was the exact same elderly Claudia that um, she goes and meets later. Um uh, mm. that blew right past me the first time I watched this. So it, it, mm-hmm. this show is worth rewatching for those kind of reasons alone.
1: Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like not saying, okay, so Doris is into her for sure, but I don't know. Do they really, can you, just because you give somebody somebody gave you an orgasm does that mean you love them i don't know i think i mean as indicated later you know we know claudia says that she does love her but i kind of i kind of like part of me when i first saw this and i mean i've seen it several times now but it's like doris is just at home by herself and her husband is always distracted has never really given her attention or made her feel pretty or -hmm. made her feel special so um she's definitely um you know lusting after agnes but i'm not not sure if like oh she loves her you know she's just (laughs) she's attracted to her she's in you know she's like into this relationship right now but she they don't. To they smooch- haven't known each other that long.
0: She wanted to smooch goodbye. I mean, that's that's telling right there. I thought that she, you know, wanted some kind of goodbye closure of some sort.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now at the Doppler House, June twenty third, nineteen fifty four. Four days until the apocalypse. Young Helge returns home and Greta hugs him almost affectionately and she notices all the scratches on his face and mm-hmm. hands but doesn't really say anything about them. Um, Helge looks pretty ice cold here, he just says nothing and doesn't seem moved by his mother's emotion at all.
0: No, It looks to me like he thinks he's in trouble Like, he thinks he's going to come home and she's going to yell at him for his face being scratched up and his clothes being messy. That's what I read from the scene is that he, you know, Hmm. was just scared that he was going to be in trouble instead of like, oh, I'm finally home. He's like, oh, I'm home again and (laughs) mom's going to be mad.
1: See, I didn't. I don't know. I viewed it. I saw that a little bit differently. Like, Hmm? usually when he approached his mother he was kind of very this very like he looked really scared and he was like covering his private parts and had his hands in front of him now that That's was right. when he had his pants off but still his demeanor was very like meek and like this whereas mm-hmm. he seems almost like a bre- a new hell gay like he's like he's more stoic and like what can you do to me mother because i'm well, now a special boy you know he's like he didn't okay he was no longer afraid of her
0: I think it might be a mixture of the two like he is still scared of her but at this time he has seen some stuff just like our boy Mickel. Mm-hmm. Helge has seen ripples in time and he has experienced all kinds of weird stuff so yeah he probably is coming from I, I mean obviously the two kids that we have seen time travel and did not mean to time travel it's affected them greatly um You'd almost say negatively. So, you know, yeah, give him some time to get his bearings, I guess.
1: Yeah. The person he's the person he's scared of now is is more like Noah. Noah is now like when he was in the chair, when he was in the chair, he was like really scared and nervous. Yes, that's that was him like obviously scared. So I don't know. I just think he's like there's a greater threat now. (laughs)
0: Wait, do you see what happens when Noah shows up later? I won't tell you, but just wait, do you see what happens?
1: (laughs) Well, I have seen it, but (laughs) 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 but anyway. The Wyndon Police Station, 1954, Egon, is talking with Daniel Conwald, chief of police. They are musing on Ulrich's identity and the fact that he still hasn't revealed what his name is after seven months. And Daniel notices that Egon is really distracted and asks him what's going on. And after a moment's hesitation, Egon asks Daniel if he and his wife still have any sex at all. (laughs) And Daniel is like really surprised and says that Egon should go and blow off steam with another woman. And yeah, he's also like, he says something like, I didn't think they made them like you anymore. I don't yeah. know if he gets, I guess he was trying to say, well, I'll ask you, what did you make of that statement, Steve, when he said that?
0: Well, it's funny you ask because like, it, that's what he said when the German subtitles. But when you look at the, uh, when we watched it in English, he says, um, oh, I didn't know you were an old fashioned boy. That's what he said um, in English for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I just think he means like a, um, a, a a gentleman who, you know, is above, you know, sex and above emotions and, you know, just like an ice cold gentleman that doesn't need to, you know, beneath myself to <laughs> to have those petty yeah. fondlings. You know, I think <laughs> I think that's kind of what he meant, maybe. I don't know. I know he's the wrong guy to be given Egon any advice right now, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I took it like he was saying, he was surprised that Egon brought up this topic because he thought
2: oh,
1: Egon never worried about such things. He's married to his job, you know, like, okay. here I thought you were, here I thought you were um, not in, you know, not interested in sex, basically, like I'm, he was kind of shocked that he was Bring up such a topic because okay. perhaps, you know, perhaps Daniel's tried to do like whatever dirty locker room talk with him before and Egon has been too squeaky clean or kind of above it. Um but yeah.
0: He's um, I'm ashamed to call this guy a Conwald because he's related to Jonas, right? Like <laughs> I mean he's got yeah. he's got Jonas's last name, so uh, you know, I don't he seems more like a more like a, uh, doesn't seem like a titan to me, but he seems more like a Bartosh type of character to me, this Daniel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, technically he's not really, um, Daniel is a Conwald, but Jonas isn't really a Conwald, when you think about it, because Enos adopted...
0: Oh, right. <laughs> ...Mickle, and he's a
1: child of Mickle. Okay. So he doesn't have any Conwald blood in him at all. Good <laughs> uh. <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> okay yep case closed you got it he's more of a Nielsen than anything else
1: yeah he makes some other kind of yeah he makes some icky comments about like women change after they have kids and these are the laws of nature just go blow steam and I mean and this is Inez's dad
0: oh okay yeah see I fell to make that connection too
1: yeah, the dude who likes Elvis and showed her how to make
0: oh um,
1: toast to white. Right.
0: Okay, so yeah, he would dance around with his daughter in the living room. So, you know, he's a fun guy, but he kind of sucks at the same time when you get mm-hmm. right down to it.
1: <laughs> the conversation ends when a policeman comes in the room and tells them that the Doppler boy has returned. Right. Um, and they're kind of like... The, they think that the Doppler boy is dead. When he tells them he's back, he's like, oh, he's dead. No, he's he's returned. He came home. Um, young Claudia and Trant, Trant Nilsson are walking in the woods. They talk about their families. Claudia is sort of um, interrogating him for information about his life. And Trant shares he was in an orphanage before but his mother doesn't like to talk about it. also she has a brother that we know is Noah, but they right. don't speak to each other. Claudia interrupts the talk to ask Tronte to show it to me and hey he pulls down his pants and looks upon the glory of <laughs> Tront there <laughs> um, and I guess you know the way I read this Steve is that. At, You know, not Agnes, Claudia (laughs) has just like seen her mother doing things with Agnes and is now curious about sex. And so she's like, hey, I want to know what's going on, even though they're two women and Tron's a guy. But, you know, that's that's how I kind of read it, is that they have this she's sort of experimenting on Tron's now.
0: I mean, that makes more sense than anything else I can think of. Cause this kind of just struck me out of the blue as well. Like I was like, yeah, they, they've talked about this obviously before because, you know, he knew what she was referring to when she didn't actually have mm-hmm. to say it. Um, I was kind of, I kind of thought that she was digging him for information about, um, Agnes, his mom, mm-hmm. but instead she was digging for digging for that. You know what? Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny as hell when I watched the intro to this show, you know, with our beautiful song. And this scene is in the intro to the show. I thought it was hilarious when I saw that today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's interesting to muse upon why they, they chose one scene or another. But, you know, this is one of the secrets, the secrets of Wyndon is this thing between Claudia and Trant that they, um, you know, right? that they have this, they have this secret relationship that started and so then it turned into an affair later on that they have this connection. And a lot of the scenes in the in the credits and in the intro credits are related to um, the secrets. And, you know, some of them are sexual in nature that are part of that as well. So um, you're right. They have talked about this before, which is kind of odd that, to think about that. But I do think she was... You mentioned, well, maybe, you know, she was digging for information for Trump, but like, no, I mean, I think she was. She's been curious about both of them. She was asking Mm -hmm. them in the last time they took a walk in the woods, you know, she was asking him questions about his mom and how glamorous she was. And Mm -hmm. so, I I think she's. (laughs) Yeah, he looks like James Dean and all that. So I think she's curious about both of them. She probably is very curious about. Um, Agnes, especially now that what she's seen earlier that day.
0: Hmm. Thoughts bubbling through my head. Um, (laughs) Okay. Something you probably can't answer. Yeah. We don't know who Regina's dad is. They they haven't revealed this to us yet. We just know that she's raised by Claudia.
1: They have not revealed. Yes. I got my
0: number one suspect right here. (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know like that that's just the something that just popped through my head and i don't know the answer but i'm willing to bet on it unless it's some kooky time travel thing that happens
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think that is what you're supposed you know that's definitely like the that's what you're supposed to think
0: i'm being led yes you know okay
1: Um, Because of these secrets, secrets and lies. All right. Well, in 1987, Claudia is at her house and talking to Regina as she leaves for school. Claudia was looking at the time machine in the suitcase, but quickly hides it when she hears Regina's voice. Regina is looking for her book, which is called The Ghost*. And it turns out that most people believe this is the play, The Ghosts, or Ghosts. Okay. Rick Ibsen, we were, we were talking about what book or what, you know, what this book is. Yeah. And one of the reasons people feel like it's the play is because of, there's a character in that play named Regina.
0: Okay. So obviously and, I, guess, I guessed wrong last week. And you were nice and you didn't um, correct me. Uh,
1: Well, I'd I'd forgotten. I was was like, I was like, I think that the book does come up later. Like in the last, um, the last episode, I don't think they said, maybe she said they were reading a book, but we didn't see the
0: book. Right. And Um, I was guessing that it was a book and I guessed the wrong book. But, you know, I was like, I'm I'm sure it's this book. And you were like, oh, maybe so. And that was, yeah. were well, you just goading me along like a baby? But, nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the play is about, um, the play has, like, incest in it and, and sexual scandal. So, I mean, that's what that's what Ibsen liked. So, it, um, Okay. yeah, it's, I didn't look too closely at the synopsis. Um, so, Claudia remarks how grown up she looks and that, she likes the way she's wearing her hair. So this is of like, <laughs> yeah, this is in contrast to what we saw of Claudia before. She was like berating her and trying to, right. um, you know, now now she's like, hey, let's let's spend the day together. Why don't you skip school and just hang out with me? <laughs> <laughs> and Regina's like. Uh, I kind of wanted to go to the lake with all of my friends. Yep. Um, so now it's the, <laughs> what is that? Cats in the cradle and the silver
0: spoon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
2: it's,
1: <laughs> Regina's getting a taste of her own medicine. You know, um, <laughs> we're not gonna, I don't have time for you, mom. And then, oh, and
0: that's something that Claudia was saying last scene yeah. to Tront. She was like, I won't be like that to my kids. I'll like pay attention to my kids and stuff. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to call back that on that she um, <laughs> this is like a last ditch uh, effort right here like as Regina's <laughs> walking out the door, but you know, we know that she doesn't become that type of cool mom that is always understanding her kid.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't remember that, but um, I think Regina. Oh, you're talking about Regina. I'm talking not about Claudia.
0: Claudia. Claudia and Trant in the woods right before Trant showed her. Um, she was complaining about her mom, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be like that kind of parent when I when I have kids." Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Claudia muses on the word time. which Mm -hmm. seemed a little odd. She's like, time, and goes to her bookshelf, and there she finds the book Journey Through Time by H.G. and remembers that Helge gave her the book a year ago.
0: Right. Yes, you're right about the cats in the cradle. I didn't think (laughs) about that aspect. I was thinking this is more of the the skipping school paradox is what I was going to call this. We heard about the bootstrap paradox um, from (laughs) H.G., And I'll tell you okay. about this the skipping school paradox. Please do. <laughs> it's when when a kid is like in like middle school, maybe like up to about age fourteen, that's absolutely what they want to do. They want their parent to say, Hey, let's take a day off school and let's skip it and let's go to the zoo or let's go, you know, have a fun day. And the kid's like, Yay. <laughs> Parents don't do that until their kids actually don't want to do it. <laughs> Like, that's what Hannah did with Jonas. That's what they did in Yellow Jackets earlier this year. I've seen it happen in Severance. We're seeing it happen here again. Like, these parents are just asking way too late. It's a paradox. It's like, yes, your kid wants to do that with you, but they want to do it when they're younger, not when they have, like, you know, better things to do or actual responsibilities like (laughs) tests to take. Mm -hmm. So you're asking a little too late there.
1: Or in like Marta's case, she was in the play. You know, she couldn't miss yeah. school. She was in the play. That's right. Oh, that's um, right.
0: There's another example right there. Another parent yeah. trying to do the skip school thing.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that was so that was so funny when, when Hannah's like, Why don't you skip school? We'll hang out and you know it's like, Mama <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're pathetic. <laughs>
1: And oh, before one more thing, before we move on, uh, Claudia was wearing another killer outfit with that blue, <laughs> those blue parachute pants and the blue shirt, neon pink. I mean, that seems to be her, the blue and neon pink. And then <laughs> Regina's in the, the yellow blouse, which she was in the yellow pumps before. Yellow, the color yep. of love.
0: And the, the book Ghosts was in a yellow cover as well.
1: All right. So now Egon is in his in his kitchen doing what we always imagine him doing, listening to death metal. He's got the creator's Pleasure to Kill album. And somehow he's put two and two together and remembered the lyrics to the song. And he seems quite satisfied to remember this clue and figures that Ulrich's song quote back in 1953 was somehow an emission of guilt, just as he thought it was all along.
0: <laughs> and he's got that smug look on his face. He's such a goof. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love yeah. how this is like such a red herring for him, <laughs> but like he seizes upon it. But I guess, you know, he kind of has to because he, he sees the anachronistic nature of it. So I wonder if he's like looking at like the the um liner notes, like is Ulrich in this band? Is with this yeah. his band, perhaps? Um <laughs> I've had
1: him in prison in the psych ward, but somehow he's been able to release an album. Um yeah, it did make me wonder, too, like, now that you're now that you're saying it, it's like, how did he find this? Like, did he go to a music store and quote the lyrics? Do you know this song? <laughs> you know, like...
0: Well, maybe he remembers the album, like, when he went into Ol- the young Ulrich's room, like, right. six or seven months ago, I guess, in the timeline. Yeah. Maybe that was enough. But yeah, maybe he did go in there and <laughs> quote the lyrics and, like, the... Clerk was like, hell yeah, dude, we got that album. Check it out. (laughs) Want to hear some Dark Throne while you're at it?
1: (laughs) Or did he go to Yana's house? And, well, no, Yana's now, yeah. Uh, Never mind. I was like, because he he was in Ulrich's house and saw the record before. But, you know, he had to go buy his own copy, I guess.
0: I hope so for the artist's sake. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, this. he had such a smug smug look on his face um it's odd okay we'll give it to him it's a win
0: it's a win for you
1: (laughs) yeah at least he's yeah he's he's kind of things are moving around in the old skull (laughs) um 1954 young egon is at the home of greta and bern doppler He wants to question young Helge as to where he's been the last few days. Helge hasn't spoken since he returned, he finds out. Egon goes into Helge's room and asks him questions. Greta is reprimanding Helge because he isn't speaking.
0: Right, we don't like that. And Egon doesn't like that either. He kind of gives her a look like, that's not going to work, lady. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I do think that... um, we might see later on. I keep, I keep referring to when Noah shows up. Well, let's just wait till Noah shows up um, (laughs) because maybe Noah will have some different words about how Hellgate should be treated. Um, This reminded me a lot of another show with a, a young, well-dressed boy who didn't speak for a long time and kind (laughs) of drove people crazy from 1899. I think they like like young boys who don't talk.
2: Mm Hmm.
1: Yep, for some reason, that's one of their things that they enjoy. <laughs> um, 1987, Claudia asks Helge about the book he gave her. I feel so bad for Helge because nobody actually ever goes... Well, Peter does. Peter goes to visit him with no motives except he wants to see his dad. But Egon went to see him and was questioning him. Right. Um, Claudia... Is doing the same thing. She's like, I want to see how you're doing, but why did you give me this book? You know, like she really <laughs> wants to know about the book. He says, Claudia is the only one who maybe can understand him. And he quotes the words Noah said to him Time is always with you. Wherever you go, you carry it within you, and it carries you. It sees and hears everything that you do and say. Claudia isn't sure what any of this means, but Helge says that Noah told him it was a battle between good and evil. She asks who Noah is, and Helge gets scared and tells her not to trust him.
0: Yeah, forcefully. Like, um, I guess this lays a lot of the basic groundwork for, like, the Noah and the Claudia stuff coming later, but... I don't know. This I, This scene is odd. It it verifies your, th- not your theory, but when you, I was thinking that Helg was demented, but obviously, you know, Helg is not because, you know, he remembers a lot of stuff. He just keeps a lot of things to himself. And the TikTok thing, of course, we know that comes from this episode too. That's what Noah says to him when he's little. It says TikTok. And so now that's mm-hmm. kind of what he does when he wants to end a conversation he just starts saying TikTok, and then the <laughs> conversation's over.
1: <laughs> yeah, but again, he's just quoting things people, people said to him. Yeah, you know, he has. I mean, he does have a great memory. For you know, he could be like on the autism spectrum. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely. just like he has this memory for quotes sure. and so it kind of when I heard this I was like okay he was quoting Ulrich before and now he's quoting Noah and but they're such great quotes that you get like it's almost like one of these robots you know that, that like be, toy bears and you press the paw, and it says like three words or three different phrases and they make sense mm-hmm. in many situations I mean like <laughs> If you go around quoting stuff like this, you sound pretty thoughtful and people will be impressed. You know?
0: Yeah, I guess you're right.
1: Um, but I did. I do kind of think I think he has moments of clarity. And yeah, he really his. I feel like he does care about Claudia. And so when she mentions the word yeah. Noah, he got scared for her. He's yeah, like, stay away from from him.
0: Yeah, because all this weird stuff happened to me. I don't want that. Don't want that to happen to you. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. he gave her the book, so like bad things wouldn't happen to her. Yeah. Well, for this next scene, I'm gonna I'm gonna take over for one second, Lindsay, and I'm gonna go okay. over this next scene. I'm gonna recap this next scene for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Noah comes out of the Mundus building. He puts on a hat. Okay. Next scene is for you, Lindsay. <laughs> That was the whole scene. That's all he did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, I couldn't believe um, it. I was like, why'd they waste so much time on him just walking out, putting on a hat, and then walking through the yard?
1: <laughs> Parallelism, Steve. Remember I know. when Noah, Noah, young Noah came out of the building in another episode and did the same exact I don't think he wore a hat, but he came out of the building.
2: <laughs> I nailed I was
1: ready
0: for some deep
1: thoughts from Steve. I was like, I want to hear this. Okay.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to. Okay, gonna... so yes. No, my deep thought is I'm going I'm to have to take a break. So we'll, uh, oh, okay. we'll come back to the next scene in just a moment, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, and we are back. And Lindsay, up to you now. Where are we in our story? <laughs>
1: Okay, well, after Noah came out of the building and put on a hat...
0: Oh, yeah, the hat.
1: Um, <laughs> we see Agnes wearing her yellow dress and walking towards the hatch. Mm-hmm. She goes down to meet somebody, and it's old Claudia. They talk about Noah and the fact that Agnes is related to him. And it's now four days until the news cycle right claudia gives her a newspaper clipping she is supposed to give her this agnes looks surprised and folds up the paper and takes it with her we don't see what's in the paper
0: not yet right
1: yeah claudia looks at her fondly and tells agnes that her mother doris loves agnes and she thanks agnes for her work towards the cause and they hug
0: yeah. Interesting scene. Like she just came from young Claudia and now she's with old Claudia and she mm-hmm. says, give this newspaper clipping to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she makes some kind of insinuation, like it's no hurry, you know, it doesn't have to be today. Um, so I guess she's going to give that newspaper article to Claudia later on at a later date. Mm hmm. Probably to prove some yeah. kind of point, some kind of proof, to, to tell Claudia something. Look, look what I got here. Like, is that's what they love to do in this show. is Like, the older version comes back and tells younger versions of people what's going to happen, which I'm a sucker for. I like it. I'm with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is definitely a surprise. Yeah, I, I'm like, what? Agnes is working with... Oh, and then... Claudia also says Sigmundus, but she doesn't say Sigmundus Curiatus s," does right. she?
0: There's a short version. <laughs> so she's not a true believer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then in an unknown time, Claudia walks into the shop of H.G. Tan House and wants to know if he wrote the book journey through time so this is middle-aged claudia
0: okay gotcha
1: he notices her heterochromia and tells her he knows who she is and he's been waiting for her to show up this claudia has never seen him before but he has seen her before right as an older version
0: it would almost work better if we could discuss like this whole thing with Claudia and HG, like in one chunk, because the way they intersperse it with all the other action, it almost kind of loses a little something. I mean, it gains like a, it gains momentum as it goes because you learn a little bit more each time. But yeah, right, right now at this point, we're just kind of like, we're, we're not filled in with some of these blanks quite yet, but they will be mm-hmm. answered. I think in the next couple of scenes, That we see with them so
1: then in 1954 young Egon and Daniel discuss that Helge won't talk and they realize that Ulrich has been in prison so how could he have been involved in the murders they believe maybe Ulrich had an accomplice and Daniel Hmm. tells him to go visit Ulrich again
0: huh (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, what? Where did this whole accomplice thing come from? Out of friggin' thin air. And go visit him again? Like, none of this makes makes a whole lot of sense coming from Daniel. I don't trust this guy. I don't trust his... It's not that I don't trust him, I just don't think he's got his head on straight.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's typical It's typical police... I feel <laughs> like it's a typical police trope that, like, when you're... if If they... If they realize they made a mistake with Ulrich, then that means they have nothing. They have nobody, no suspects, okay. and they don't have nothing they can tell anybody, just like <laughs> Wyndon in 2019, 2020. That's what Charlotte and Ulrich were dealing with, is everybody complaining.
0: Nothing's being You've been done. Even in this
1: case, for months and months, and you have nothing. Right. In 1987, old Egon is interviewing old Ulrich (laughs) at the psychiatric ward.
0: (laughs) Yes. It reminds me of like, um, I can't remember that movie where it's like Jack Nicholson and some other old guy and they're like just kind of hanging out together looking all old. And I'm like, oh, this is cute. (laughs) Like Like they're old buddies going fishing or something.
1: Egon asked Ulrich about the song lyrics and what they mean. He points out <laughs> that Oric quoted the lyrics back in 1953, but the song came out on vinyl just a few years ago. And also, how do you know about me having cancer? And then Oric is just kind of quiet for the most part. He doesn't yeah. really say much. Egon then realizes Oric's hair and uniform is white and wonders if he is the white devil. <laughs> and last he asked why you never gave your name and then Ulrich says I'm Ulrich Nielsen
0: yeah is, shouldn't he be freaking out right now Egon <laughs> <laughs> like with that revelation or is he still just putting it all together
1: I don't know this is making me think of when this is making me upset because it's making <laughs> me think of when little poor little Mickle came to him and he said What's your father's name, Ulrich Nielsen? You know, and then he and Egon's like, "Oh, Ulrich's just putting you up for a joke." You know, it's like, is is, is this Egon? Is he gonna say like, "Oh, Ulrich, y'all did Ulrich send you?" It's like, no, dude, I've been here. And it's like, like,
0: <laughs> it's funny you brought the album too. Like, I'm, I'm, you gotta wonder what's happening going through Ulrich's head here. He's like, okay. He's bringing me yeah. this album Like I remember this album From 33 years ago This Okay <laughs> Like why would yeah, you Bring this says, in here
1: Yeah he's like You quoted that back to me Do you remember this In this record You know like <laughs> um, But yeah it's not Dawning on Egon at all Where else have I heard this song He'll you get know? it I'm I've sure heard he it will. at Young Ulrich's house <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess it's like uh. it. It's coming to him out of context so it's not you know it's not coming to him during his work hours like things are Mm -hmm. happening like in weird timing (laughs) so he's not picking it up and this whole white (laughs) devil thing I really strongly believe just based on what Helge said two episodes ago he talked about young Helge that is he talked about the white devil and then he talked about the man with the rock so, I'm thinking the white devil is Noah, and the man with the rock is obviously Ulrich. So, I don't think Ulrich is this white devil that they keep talking about. But I know that Ulrich thinks it's funny. Like, what are you talking about, the white devil? Um, you know, it's amusing.
1: hmm Yeah, well, at least this time he didn't sniff his breath.
0: <laughs> right. Have you He's been r- at the
1: bottle again, Egan? <laughs>
0: Oh, is that what he? That's what he was smelling them for. You didn't clarify that for me last time. That makes so much sense. That that's what he was doing was smelling his breath. Oh, okay. I did not put I that together.
1: Realize that you said he was being Hannibal Lecter. Right. Like.
0: I meant that.
1: Mm, what did you have for dinner? Right. What would you taste like right now? Okay, so then uh, we're back with Tanhouse and Claudia. He speaks to her about the bootstrap paradox. If an object from the future is sent to the past, then the object has no origin. He tells Claudia that the book was given to him and he doesn't remember writing it.
0: So he has to have written it at some point though because it's right there in print. He wrote it sometime between being the young H.G. that we meet at the beginning and this old H.G. that's talking to the young Claudia. He had to have written it in some... I mean, maybe he just had the book there, so he just copied it word for word and handed it into his publisher. One of those kind of deals. But he he had to go through some sort of motion to get it published in some specific year, I would think.
1: I mean, I think if you like if we think about another boots, like there's there's different examples of bootstrap paradoxes that we have in the show. Okay, perhaps, you know, like um, the penny. Yeah, the coin that was like, you know, Ulrich gave it to Helge, who then has it that Ulrich finds later, you know. So, like, they don't really clarify this later. Perhaps Claudia gives, brings the book to Tan. You know, Claudia brought the book to Tan. Actually, Ulrich brought it, didn't he? Ulrich actually, because Ulrich does the same thing, comes in and says, is this you? Yes.
2: Um,
1: So the book was given to young Tan House before he even wrote it. Um, Are we to believe that, like... He then published it from there, you know, like, you know, but it's like, anyway, Um, there are many bootstrap paradox things in this, in the show, you know, Um, and if we thought long enough, we could probably write them all, write them all down, but.
0: Oh, dang it. We should do more research. Maybe (laughs) next episode, next episode, we'll have this uh, bootstrap paradox down to a T.
1: Yeah. But he's explaining also that like, if you hadn't shown me how to use this machine, then I wouldn't know how it works, right? you know, and then now you're coming to me to find out how it works and I'm going to show you. And then in the future, you're going to show me how it works, you know? So it's like, um,
0: I have a so note then- for, I have a note for that that comes up scenes from now. So I'm going to save it.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, i guess i jumped a little ahead there okay Okay. um 1954 Egon goes to visit Ulrich at the station so this is the younger Egon we just saw older Egon go to visit older Ulrich now we have younger Egon going to visit younger Ulrich at the station he stands outside Ulrich's cell afraid to go in he he asks to know his name Ulrich isn't saying anything of course and that we kind of expect that because Ulrich looks in really bad shape here. He looks like he's been beaten, he's wearing a straitjacket and nothing, nobody's believed anything he had to say up to this point. So mm. why would he now be an assistant to Egon and be helpful?
0: He's medicated um, too, highly medicated.
1: Yeah, and the guy, the guy makes a point of saying that, that he's on this medication and he knows probably whatever he says will be used against him and yep. then he try, he does try to speak but can't really seem to either he chooses not to or he literally cannot put the words together until Egon leaves and the door closes and then Ulrich says I'm Ulrich Nielsen
0: yeah I think he I think that was a choice personally that's how I saw it anyway that he, he could have said that to him at that time but he did not um, something interesting. Like I'm kind of a literalist, you know my brain works kind of weird. So what you just said about how he, you know, he anything he says can be used against him makes me think about, you know, the Miranda law. Um mm-hmm. how they you say you have the right to remain silent. I've always thought that meant like <laughs> that's the only right you have right now is to be silent. So just shut up and do what we're saying. And I realize now that that's not, I mean, realize now, it it took me many years into my adulthood to realize what that actually means is that's your right to be silent if you want to be. You don't have to say a word to these police. Um, You don't have to Hmm. say one word whatsoever. That's your right. Um, So I think here Ulrich is exercising his right to remain silent, even though he's not an American. He's a German, but still. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they can't make you, the deal is they can't make you implicate yourself. Right. I, I think it's part of it, part of it, too. But you're right. That is, you have the right to say nothing. And, you know, he chooses that. But it is interesting how when the door closes, he says, I'm Ulrich Nelson. But and, and but also then before he kind of he almost opens his mouth as if to say something but yeah. then closes it, and I was I was just like, okay, did he was he not able to make, you know, was he so drugged he couldn't make the words, or did he truly choose like, not to say anything? Well, it's up for you interpretation. Know,
0: My interpretation yeah. is that he could have said it, and he chose not to, and he's like just saying to himself as Egon leaves, you know, I'm not going to tell you who I am. But I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm Ulrich Nielsen. Um,
2: yeah
0: so that's not your interpretation. Your interpretation is that he just he he wasn't able to speak
1: well i've also I've always seen it I believe I've always seen it as he chooses not to speak okay because you know he chooses not to speak because he doesn't believe that anybody will help him. Okay. You know, but now seeing it this time, I kind of questioned that Mm. I was like, did Egon or did Ulrich think for one second about maybe speaking and then um, and then maybe he decided too late to say something and he, you know, he wasn't going to yell for anybody to come back. (laughs) But I don't know. Come back, Mr. Nice Man, I want to talk. (laughs) It's all tragic. I mean, sometimes you'd think, I guess, I'm thinking about myself. I'm an extrovert, okay? I would probably, if someone came to visit me, I'd probably talk just to have somebody to talk to. Okay. (laughs) And I get that Ulrich doesn't like him, but it's like he's kind kind of almost in this, you know, he's in this isolation ward and... Never, you know, no, no friends in sight. He's just being beat upon. You know, can he? Couldn't Ulrich Scheherazade this, <laughs> Scheherazade this guy? <laughs> like, I'll tell you the rest of the story if you come back. To, um, I don't know. It's Apparently just sad. Not. I want to. I kind of like. Part of me is like, you want him to speak to see if maybe Egon will help him, and that he can get out. But. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so then in 1987, Egon looks through his files and sees the record of the strange boy that showed up claiming his father
0: was Ulrich.
1: Come on, Egon, this is your chance. <laughs> this is your chance to really solve the
0: case. I know. Well, I mean, I kind of think he's he's with it here. His mind is being blown.
1: So then in 87, Tanhouse asks why Claudia is here. She looks at the suitcase and Tannhaus guesses she wants to know how it works. Claudia seems surprised, but Tannhaus says that her future self told him that her younger self would come one day. So then in 1954, the Doppler house, Noah arrives at the house to see how Helge is getting on. Greta is... Beside herself with worry, and when Helge comes down, he runs to Noah and hugs him. Greta Uh looks on at Noah in wonder and amazement as Helge even speaks when prompted by Noah. He reads scripture, and Noah says, he is a miracle. Don't forget that.
0: That's right. He stresses to be kind to Helge and like, you know, don't yell at him when police officers come around, (laughs) ma'am. You got to be nice to this young boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he doesn't seem scared of Noah at all here. You were saying earlier that he seemed like he was scared of Noah. And, you know, here he runs up and hugs him. And he's like, oh, finally, it's my priest guy. Seems like he likes him pretty, pretty well here, right?
1: I think he likes him when he's not strapping him into the chair. When I said he was afraid of him. I meant he was afraid of the chair, like not of Noah. I do think okay. I do think he likes Noah, but the he doesn't necessarily like being in that chair.
0: Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody likes it. <laughs> that's why they got to force kids to do it <laughs> cuz no one's lining up to volunteer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if only they would. <laughs> Um, Okay, so then, 1987, Egon goes to see Inez. He wants to talk to Mikkel, but, of course, Inez isn't having it at all. Egon wonders if Mikkel ever mentions his parents, and Inez denies everything. And he's going to come back and try to talk to Mikkel again tomorrow. And then Egon notices the sleeping pills... And then um, Inez look. tells him they are for herself. And then Egon asks for a picture of the boy.
0: For the file. For the file only. <laughs> Man, yeah. a lot of red flags happening in here. Um, the color <laughs> red is really showing up. Um, yeah, he's sleeping in the middle of the day. We find the sleeping pills. Like last episode, she's all like, you know, the past is the past. Just forget the past, Mickle. Don't even worry about it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not seeing fantastic parenting happening here. Yes, she has a house. Yes, she's available. And yes, they like each other. But I'm not sure if she's actually equipped to, um, to parent this young boy here, especially in the state that he's in. Yep, we cut out and lost the record. I was saying a bunch of bad stuff about Inez. Lindsay, what do you think about this scene and these sleeping pills and <laughs> her sleeping or not her sleeping, but you know, Nickel sleep in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah, in defense of Inez, I you know, I don't like this I don't like this but because I know he's not crazy. You know, like I know he's got, you know, right here, Egon, this is his chance, right? To talk to Mikkel and be like, who are your parents? And then it would all be resolved. But (laughs) Inez doesn't know that. She thinks that he could be having a mental breakdown. So she's like, I need to protect him. And the way I need to protect him is to help him to get rid of these delusions that he's from, um, from a future time. If I give him enough drugs, he'll forget all about it.
0: That's <laughs> well, very generous of you to uh, to defend the <laughs> the, the drug um, <laughs> giver, <laughs> the
1: drug lady, the la- the drug lord, drug lady.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm straight up just not liking it. Um, straight up, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't have any defense for her. I, like just like you said. I, everything could have been solved with a simple conversation between these two guys, Egon and Mickle, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. At least I, I, I hope it does. We've got, what, seven? No, no, we got five more episodes in this season. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Egon and Mickle start talking.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Egon's ready to accept time travel. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think he is, but <laughs> he's a little straight laced for my for my taste. All right. So then, 1954, the Mundas house. Noah enters takes off his hat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) but he might have, um, he enters and finds Agnes inside the chapel. Agnes wants back into the fold and is willing to give Noah the missing pages of the diary as payment to give to Adam. Hmm. She tells him she will betray Claudia to be admitted again by Adam.
0: Kind of, she'll kind of betray Claudia. She'll betray Claudia like at Claudia's insistence or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like she's definitely yeah, playing is, double duty.
1: Yeah, she's, she's a double agent here. She's <laughs> trying to get back into Sigmundus. Yep. She does it. She's going to do it by betraying Claudia, but we just saw her talking to Claudia.
0: Yeah, they're definitely on this... It, it, it looks clear to me that the two women are on the same scene. So I wasn't really trusting what she was saying to Noah here. So mm-hmm. I kind of more trust what she's saying when she's talking to Claudia. That's just my, my take. I think that's the, the general viewer take. I think that's kind of yeah. how you're supposed to view it.
1: So in 1954, Egon looks at Ulrich's photo In walks old Claudia, coming to visit him. Egon wonders what she wants. He notices she has heterochromia, just like his daughter. Claudia begins apologizing for the way things turned out. She tells Egon that he is a good man and that the world doesn't deserve him. He doesn't know what to make of this and feels really suspicious of Claudia and is like, Either you tell me what's going on or you leave. And um, maybe he thinks she could be an accomplice of Ulrich with her white hair and tattered clothing. Right. And Claudia leaves just as quickly as she came.
0: Well, kind of. She kind of sat there and stared at him for a very long time at the beginning without saying a word. This is a really strange (laughs) interaction that I wasn't Quite on board with. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was cool, but I don't know if it was necessary uh, for her to come there and apologize to him and confuse him the way he yeah. did. And I think that's a good point about the hair because she does kind of resemble Ulrich. So maybe. Um, I don't know. The only thing I got from this scene, I hate to say, Um, I mean, besides, you know, I like seeing them smile at each other. Of course, I like watching actors act, but I'm just thinking about this in the scheme of the show. And, you know, this scene probably could have been skipped and we would have been okay. I think. Um, But she calls him a minch. And it's one of these words I didn't realize. I always thought like that was just a word that you say to people when they're friendly, like, Hey, he was, a, he's a real mensch. I didn't know that was a German word. Um, I think that's neat that I just learned that <laughs> like earlier this week. Um, cause you know, we say things like laissez faire and that's not an English word. And we say things like mensch and we, that's not mm-hmm. an English word either.
1: Okay. Did you say what it meant? Cause
0: yeah, like a when she said like you know you're a great guy, you're wonderful. She says mensch a couple of times, like in that in that
1: okay.
0: um, context.
1: So are you? So you determined it just means that you're a good guy.
0: Oh no, I know that's what it Is means. That what, that's that word has okay. been in my life like all my life. It's just like it's like a Jewish. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's like a Jewish, a Yiddish phrase for like a a good. Yeah, person. that's
1: what I always thought it was a Yiddish phrase. But, um, yeah, I don't know this is this is kind of a weird scene. It's like, I always kind of wonder why she didn't I mean, why she didn't say more, yes, <laughs> like yes. like if you really want to help your father um talk to him,
0: <laughs> yeah, pop it in like this isn't really helpful,
1: <laughs> yeah, um. Oh so I, then um, in nine oh go ahead.
0: I was gonna say that um this does kinda help explain a little bit about Egon, old Egon. You know, he's the drinking Egon, likes to drink to forget, you know, his wife left mm-hmm. him, all that kind of stuff. Tucked in with all that, we now know that he has this like weird experience like between like his daughter and this old woman and the parallelism, which you're getting ready to talk about it now. Um, And then he has this whole like Ulrich thing with the, with the band and like the lyrics and Mickle. So what I'm trying to say is like Egon has all this (laughs) weird stuff rolling through his head. He has no resolution to it. So he Mm kind of thinks he's crazy probably. And that's probably what, led him to drinking, is He probably thinks he's nuts. But we know he's not. He's just a victim of time travel.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I always thought. I always, I guess I, I look at, like, Egon, not so much that he thinks he's crazy, but he's just, he's like this detective that hasn't solved this case, and it's kind of haunted his life because... Okay. People just, people like Ulrich think of him as the world's biggest loser. You know, like you're a failure um, in all the ways, but if you could at least do one thing right, that thing, you know, most most men find identity through work, like if you were successful at your job, at least you'd have that. But here he has like no resolution for this, for this mystery of these missing boys and this this thing with Ulrich, but, but I don't know. Like, I always think he looks at it as like, everybody else is the problem. I'm the one that's fine, you know? <laughs> I'm just surrounded by crazy people. You know, like these weirdos come to me and I have to deal with them.
0: Right, these Satanists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these Satanists, yeah. I do think her statement is interesting. You're a good man and the world doesn't deserve you. I'm not sure that I agree with that. Um <laughs> you know, well, that's
0: what she thinks.
1: Yeah, and I know that you have you have expressed before, you know, you think he's on the side side of light. Um you've you've used that statement, or like you picked out white as the egon egon's color mm-hmm. was white that's right um, that's right. so you definitely view him as as a good guy i do um which i find interesting cuz it's like i i guess i view him as kind of <laughs> i've told you i've called him an idiot i'm like hi he's oh, just not the sharpest <laughs> tool in the shed there um
0: yeah so 30 I minutes don't... ago i called him a goofball i mean yeah i i do agree <laughs> with all those things but I do yeah. agree that he's that he is a good person and Claudia confirmed that for me this episode.
1: <laughs> good intentions, I guess. Yeah,
0: there you go. Good intentions, right.
1: Yeah. Okay, so then um Claudia returns to work with her suitcase in hand, 1987. Uh, No Gretchen here, which is a little sad, but um, (laughs) she tells her secretary to cancel all her appointments. The secretary tells her that her father is waiting in the office. Claudia comes into the office impatient for Egon to leave so she can think about the time machine some more. Egon finally reveals that he has cancer and decided his daughter should know. And she finally stops and... Gives him a hug and calls him Papa.
0: And I guess this might be a big reason why she shows up later on in his police office just to pop in and tell him that, you know, he's a good guy. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because I kind of get the vibe like from this scene that he's just a nuisance to her until, you know, of course, she finds out that, you know, he has terminal cancer. Then he's not so much of a yeah. nuisance anymore, is he?
1: Yeah. Because she's, yeah, she's pretty rude to him. Yes, <laughs> <here>. she is. Here, <laughs> so maybe that's, she, she feels bad about the way she's, she kind of treated him during this time.
0: Now, where so. was her head at though? She was, um she was, ta- she was, she was going to time travel before she ran into him, right? Because she's I'm like, I'm not Can't sure
1: th- if she was going to time travel because I don't think she would have time travel in her office. No,
0: um, but she's like, cancel but all my appointments. I do think she wanted to... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was, going, she was going to work. She, she... Had arrived at the office. But then she the said, cancel plan. all my appointments.
0: She... And like, I got... Well,
1: why would she walk into the office and say, cancel... All... Why would she walk into work and say, cancel all my appointments? I think she was going to her office to stare at the, at the time machine and kind of poke at it <laughs> and maybe read the Journey Through Time book because she has her book, she has her suitcase. Um, you know, unless she was leaving for the day and not coming for the day, I thought she was arriving at work because we've she seen her is. at Tant House's place. Yeah.
0: Okay, you're right. She probably was going to stare at the time machine some, but we know that... Later on this very day, she does use the time machine. So I think that mm-hmm. she, um, that's what I think she was doing was coming to work, cancel all my appointments. I'm going right to the cave right now. I think that's where she was heading was to the cave. Okay.
1: Maybe she was going to get her repelling equipment and her, all of her, <laughs> and her um, you know, a, a, a new smazzy outfit that was more appropriate for yep. cave <laughs> I don't know. So then in 1954, young Egon comes home and finds young Claudia at the kitchen table. He has a bouquet of flowers and greets his daughter. Claudia notices that he looks sad. He tells her he thinks he saw a witch today. (laughs) And Claudia teases her father that witches don't apologize. So you couldn't have seen a witch because he said the witch came in and said I was, that I'm sorry. And <laughs> she then notices the flowers and tells him the world doesn't deserve him, just like her older self did. And Egon feels really uneasy about these two conversations.
0: Yeah, you can see it on his face he he's starting to question weirdness in this woman who showed up in his office. I I'm I'm now that I think about it I'm glad she showed up and did that thing because it gave him and his daughter this little moment to um mm-hmm. to connect and have a little joke together. Yeah. Again, the yeah. future <laughs> dictating the past.
1: Have we talked about the um Have we talked about the movie After Sun?
0: No, I've never heard of it.
1: Okay, permit me just a moment here to like, um, I guess I'm sort of promoting the movie After Sun too, but like I feel (laughs) like that movie for for me kind of captures what you're talking about here is that in this movie, a girl and her father go on vacation to Sicily. It's somewhere sisal or something anyway they're on this lovely vacation and they're just doing nice things together but the guy is really depressed and the girl is like not exactly aware of that fact but she knows something's off and they're having these conversations and we're watching this sort of recorded, a lot of it is recorded footage shot on a video camera, for sort of okay. like camcorder memories. And so the, you know, we realize later the girl is watching it in the future. So for part of the movie, okay. so it's like we have this younger girl and at the same time, the older girl is becomes a presence also. And it's like this concept of With parents and kids, you can never hold each other at the same time. Like when you're a parent, you're the one who's taking care of your child. And then so there's this an uneven balance, right? The Uh parent is the caretaker. The child is the one that's cared for. Then you grow up and there's this reversal. And sometimes it's not until you're an adult and your parents might even be dead or... You know, or, um, becoming senile, that you start to see them really clearly and you can start to care for them. But it never happens at the same time that you can like love each other equally. There's always this sort of imbalance. And that's, that's kind of what you're talking about here with, with Claudia. You know, Claudia is a young girl here she doesn't really know what's going on with her father. Now as an older woman, she kind of wishes she could reach out through time right. and, and do something nice for him. And I guess that this was her attempt to do that. So Claudia really can reach through time. However, <laughs> he doesn't realize she's his daughter. You know, sure. he, he has no knowledge of that. So the moment for him isn't quite as poignant, but for Claudia, it's probably very poignant that here I'm going to I'm going to reach out to my father but does he think about this moment when he thinks about this moment he might just be thinking there's that baddie old woman you know Thinking, remember that weirdo showed up in my office Right Um so yeah it's just it's a it's a very that's a really great movie to kind of talk about this um it's sort of a time travel movie without it being time travel cuz it's all realistically done
0: Yeah that's neat So I guess she's like seeing like all these clues that she wished she picked up on in these videos. Yeah. Sounds great. The after sun? Mm Mm-hmm. S U N or S O N? S
1: U N. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. So back to the back to the recap. Mm Um Old Egon goes to visit Ulrich again in 1987. This time he shows Ulrich the photo Mm
2: -hmm.
1: of Mikkel. Ulrich ends up in a rage and almost chokes Egon. And it's kind of unclear what Egon's plan was. So (laughs) he was was showing him this, and like you mentioned, he almost seems to be bonding with him. He starts to talk about kids and how, you know he just starts to talk about what it's like to be a parent and um, you know like he's reaching out to Ulrich which is crazy he thinks does he think that maybe by showing him this picture it mm-hmm. might raise Ulrich's sympathies enough to get him to confess like maybe he can get him to feel bad about right. like the fact that he took somebody's kid away but Ulrich, if for him it's like hey you took my kid away from me like it's mm-hmm. your fault Or maybe he was just calling his bluff to see what happened.
0: it's a perception game because Egon could have been like, this is it. Like, like this is the key. This is one of the keys to, like, solve my case so my life means something. So I think Mm -hmm. that that's kind of the angle he was coming from. Like, I get to solve this big case finally. He forgot that, like, you know, Ulrich has a lot of feelings and emotions tied in. And he gets, mm-hmm. he gets to see Ulrich's perspective now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you would like to think that Egon could sympathize with Ulrich, but he also, he's only really seen him as an animal, you know?
0: Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, he kind of proves his case right here, right? <laughs> Ulrich, <laughs> that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, okay, like, again, like, if you were in it any way... If Egon was a more, this is what I'm saying about Egon, okay? Like, he might be a good person, quote unquote, trying to do the right thing, but he is emotionally, emotionally stunted. Like, he doesn't,
2: because
1: if he could, you know, like, he could have gotten Helge to talk to him. He could have gotten, I mean, he got Jonas to smile that one time, but, like, the way he approaches people is so tonally deaf. Hmm. I mean, if you wanted to get Ulrich to confess, if you really, if you're like, okay, let's go with the fact that this is this guy's kid, you know, how should I talk to this guy who's like missing his kid? Like, what did, what do you expect him to do? I mean, he's up, he's, thinks this is his child. Like, he doesn't have any, he doesn't, he just doesn't have the mental capacity to empathize with anybody else. Okay. Um, So that's, I don't know, it makes me mad.
0: Because, <laughs> yeah, now it's yeah. just,
1: now it's just like, yeah, oh, well, Ulrich, he, I think he's an animal and he is an animal, animal but, like, Egon brings that out in people because he's just, <laughs>
2: <sighs> yep.
1: I guess, I guess somebody might be getting my worst character award. Okay. Um, <laughs> somebody will, for sure. Uh, <laughs> did you want to say anything about this scene, Steve?
0: Uh, no. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have um, anything poignant to like to bring into the conversation, so I'm not going to pretend to. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. So, 1954, young Tannhaus is visited by old Claudia.
0: Finally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the time machine isn't ready for her yet. He wants to know what it's for in fact so he doesn't say the time machine he just says mm-hmm. like the, the machine um, he just gave her he just followed these blueprints that he's following
0: and this is where she says something like you know you'll have plenty of time to put this together you got 33 years or something <laughs> like that right yeah like, and I like the fact um, that it's that it's Jonas who fills in the gap here it's like Claudia gave him the blueprints mm-hmm. and then Tanhouse explained how it worked. But without Jonas in the middle of all that, it wouldn't be possible. So I think it's cool that how he kind of pops up in the middle of this whole transaction and provides like the missing information that they need, which is like how the thing actually works. And he didn't build it and he didn't design it, but he's the one who knows how it works. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um we've got Jonas and Claudia are almost like silent partners, yeah I mean, because yes. like we we see him listening to her tapes
2: mm-hmm.
1: in different, but they're like they're kind of having this conversation in different time periods, and then here again, Claudia and Jonas are both doing interactions with Tanhouse that are leading to this. Creation of these machines, mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of it's interesting. Like if Claudia and Noah are enemies, then like Claudia and Jonas are like best buds <laughs> or like yeah, without even knowing partners, it. you know? <laughs> yeah. So then our musical interlude, "Melody X" by Bonaparte. Helge prays with the St. Christopher pendant. Egon looks at the creator record. Ulrich looks out a window holding Mikkel's photo. Greta watches Helge praying. Egon comes downstairs to find Doris and Agnes having drinks. (laughs) 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 And middle-aged Claudia loads some cesium into the machine.
0: Yeah, so middle-aged Claudia here is, she's already got the jump on this time travel thing, so I guess she's now a time traveler. She's schooled in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And where
1: was see. she? I, I'm Now I'm like, where was she when, she was where was the, she loading?
0: In the caves, right by those yellow in barrels. In the caves, okay. Same place okay. older Claudia was. That's
1: right. Yep. Um, I yeah, didn't have much else to say about Egon. this except for
0: I like watching Egon yeah. always gazing at the album cover he's like, <laughs> we see like Ulrich looking at his picture of his son and Egon's all like ah look at these long haired boys
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's kind of in all the chaos Ulrich got the photo yes at least he has that picture you know like that's that's kind of nice I like that for him
0: it is and it probably drives him insane. He's like, "What? My Mickle is here, but it's 1987. And yeah. like I'm old. So what the hell is Mickle doing here? I guess he time traveled <laughs> yeah. like I did. Did his brain go there? Like it's it's great. I like it."
1: So, old Claudia walks towards a shack. Claudia is confronted by Noah, who's holding a shotgun pointed at her chest. He taunts Claudia that Agnes betrayed her. He says that Claudia took everything from him. Claudia is unfazed. She knows she's going to die and taunts Noah back. He thinks he is in control, but he's actually following the plan that she put in place, and he's a pawn of Adam. Noah hesitates for a moment, but shoots her anyway and he moves toward the body to find the missing pages he goes through her clothes and finds the pages and is devastated by what he reads something about charlotte
0: yeah what about charlotte lindsay tell me what's going on what are these missing pages I mean, all about
1: <laughs> yeah all he, all all he says is this cannot be right. charlotta
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's stunned here. He's like, you can tell he's stunned. It's like he doesn't even really want to shoot her, but he does, and he shoots her because she made him shoot her. It's such an interesting scene. Claudia's really messing with our heads.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else for the scene? <laughs>
0: I, I really want to know what those darn pages are. And I want to know why he's upset about them. And I want to know what Charlotte has to do with this. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot to say, but it's just mostly questions. Um, this I, We'll see no more. I mean, this is Cla- we'll see more Claudia probably because she pops it out of time all over the place. So I'm assuming we're still going to see her. But, like, this is basically, like, where nothing new can happen. Like, they say, like, it was Peter and Trant who were sitting in there. They're like, oh, the cycle, you know, starts today. And after today, everything is new. And it's the exact opposite here. Like, this is where Claudia's cycle ends. And she can't do anything new from this point. All she can do is what she has done in the past. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah, but there's still a lot of life left. I mean, we see her later in this episode.
0: <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> she never goes away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the big the big thing is we're wondering what's in these pages and is it going to yes. change anything? And um, why does he care about Charlotte? Like we knew he had the watch that said that for Charlotte oh, or to yeah, Charlotte. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, he loves um, Charlotte, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're like—I mean, I think we all are. Like, what's her, what's his relation to Charlotte? Like, um,
0: I didn't yeah. put it together just till just now that the watch had Charlotte's name on it, and now he's muttering her name here. Okay, cool yeah, stuff. and
1: Elizabeth had give Elizabeth got it from Noah and said Noah said this belongs to, belongs to you, right? And Charlotte had never seen it before.
0: Not yet, anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) She's seen it now, of course. (laughs) All right, so then 1954, Agnes sits beside the bed of Trant. Um, She pulls the newspaper clipping out to read it again. It turns out it's an article about the death of Claudia. Claudia knew about her death all along and used Agnes to make sure it happened as planned.
0: So yes, Agnes is on, is doing Claudia's thing for her, and kind of telling Noah some lines. I guess I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah,
0: Noah's shaking right now, so he's um he's he's fair game to be to be manipulated. I think because he's, his world's been shaken.
1: So in twenty twenty, Claudia stands outside the home of Older Regina. Her cancer has gotten worse and has taken a toll. And it, when I when I first watched this scene, I was like, "What? What is the deal?" But I guess this is this is the first time she's seen, um, cancer Regina. You yes. know, like this Claudia last when when this Claudia last saw Regina, she was telling her how much she liked her hair and how grown up she looked.
0: Oh man. Okay. Yep.
1: And Regina takes off her headscarf and has no hair. And Claudia just, she cries when looking at her daughter and her mind filled with regrets and thoughts of wasted time.
0: Probably thoughts of like um, the correlation between cancer and that power plant too, perhaps.
1: Mm, The barrels.
0: Yeah, and Egon. Egon, excuse me. Um, you know is a cancer victim as well Uh, I don't remember him hanging out by those barrels but I mean I definitely have Mm, seen um, Bernadette really close to them and we know Waller drives them around and I don't know Regina got the worst of it though somehow Um, which is completely unfair (laughs) but she did
1: yeah well that's true and and Claudia just found out today her father has cancer
0: oh god you're right (laughs) Jeez, what a one-two punch!
1: Yeah, man. I think okay. So we saw right in the was it the last episode, one episode ago or two episodes ago, when old Claudia is talking to the younger Claudia. Um, she mentions if you do all this correctly, Regina will live. And and Claudia was hmm. trying to catch keep up with what she was saying. <laughs> um. So I guess I kind of thought she knew something was up with Regina because that was already mentioned and thrown out there.
0: Weird, but I I guess maybe. Well, Regina does live. I mean, she's alive up till this point, so.
1: (laughs) She's up, yeah. But she when um when the Claudias are talking to each other, right? That scene when she gives her the machine, and then she takes the machine, and then she has she digs it up later. Right. Yeah, she she's just dumping she does that all that info dumping and she says something about and if you do it all correctly Regina will live, you know. Um Right. So
0: So, so yeah, okay. Well, that ties okay. right into some of my um my questions I have for you uh, when we when we wrap this up.
1: Okay. So we have just one more scene. And um 1921, I think. I have a question mark next to what time period it is. I think because you're right. when 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 Adam is in this sick mundus layer, <laughs> oh. I'm a, I'm never sure what time it really is, like sure. what year it is. Um, Noah goes to speak to Adam. Adam asks if Claudia had the pages and Noah says no. So Noah is now lying to Adam. Perhaps Realizing that Adam may not be his ally after all.
0: It's got to be something about those pages. Because I don't know why else Mm -hmm. he would be lying to Adam here. And it's obvious he's lying. Jeez, it's so obvious. You think so? (laughs) I mean, come on. That's the worst lie. That's the worst lie face I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, obviously those pages say something that that you know breaks something noah's Something about charlotte. adam yeah something about charlotte um adam is here saying you know we do everything for family he's talking about connections and how we you know we have to do everything for our family i'm thinking the the only family i know about noah right now is is agnes and they don't really mm. seem like they're like helping each other out right now too much
1: doesn't and does adam here say something about people get what they deserve
0: that's how the episode ends yes yeah i don't, uh, something else about agnes too is like it seems like this her her episode this episode her <laughs> the thing she's here for is to break up the tideman family and then to pass this information from claudia to noah which shakes noah's faith so She's a real power hitter. It seems like she's she's doing some real time damage.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this is the biggest. Um, this is the episode we see Agnes in the most.
0: Yes. So yeah, what are but, your, yeah cl- what are your closing thoughts here?
1: This like a, this is a Tiedemann family episode, <laughs> and we have <laughs> both Egon and Claudia that are hoping to do right by their kids and make attempts to reach out. And we're getting to see Egon and Claudia in like several different time periods here. And each attempt is, their attempts are thwarted by barriers that are put in place long ago. And Claudia always has come across so cold and businesslike, and here the ice kind of cracks. Both in how yeah. she tries to close the gap between her and her daughter and finally by her father, but she sort of lacks the skills to, kind of like Egon, <laughs> she kind of lacks the skills to be close to somebody. Um, hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you got on my case last week um steve for not reading my notes you know reading like my thoughts so i'm going to i'm gonna (laughs) wax a little bit here i was thinking about the scene where she walks in on her mother and agnes and that must have been quite a shock for her and maybe impacted her ideas on love intimacy and conflict
2: yeah so
1: she knew her mother was keeping secrets from her father those secrets involved sexuality she then starts to like hit on trot and you know wants to do things with him that she's probably way too young to like have been doing she didn't really feel as if she could talk to either of her parents she um she seems to be kind of close to her father when she's young he's He definitely, they have a level of intimacy together. But then again, she, he's not the one that's mainly home. She's mainly home with her mother.
0: He's never there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And um, so, like, she learned that love is about secrets and lies. Mm. She never really learned, then, how to discuss difficult things with her own daughter. And, um... Egon has also spent most of his life obsessing over the cases he couldn't solve and the marriage he couldn't save. So he may have neglected his daughter for a time. We saw that he was, we know he was a drunk. Um, So maybe he was emotionally available and that made Claudia unable to form meaningful relationships with other people. So there's just, there's just a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of I feel like a lot of the Tiedemann dynamics are kind of explored in this um I'm definitely making some some wild jumps here, but it's like I feel like this explains a lot about this family's ideas about marriage and sex and mm-hmm.
0: um yeah. I'm um with Claudia I it it seems like she wants to make things right and that's what you were saying she her older self tells her younger self she can save Regina she wants to make sure mm-hmm. Regina is safe which is kind of like what mm-hmm. um what Adam was saying at the end of this episode like you know we do everything for our family so it seems like Claudia is her whole goal here is to kind of make things right I guess with Regina because she Mm -hmm. knows that you know something's going to happen so she's trying to stop that somehow so it kind of seems like she wants to change time am I kind of on the right path so far maybe
1: yeah I think she wants to find a way to change things but there's right. uh, there's all this there's all the confusion or, with the schools, the schools of thought. Right. About like. Right. Some That's, people are like, it's better to leave. You need to leave time alone. Or right. is it like I want to change the future and the past?
0: Yeah. Claudia knows that some kind of thing happened at the power plant last year and maybe she wants to even change that, too. I don't know. Um, Jonas also wants to change the future and I think the future that he wants to change is the the apocalypse um, because you know that's what, that's what stranger Jonas is always talking about and the younger Jonas is you know seems like he has the same goal he's listening to the tapes of Claudia and he's trying to change time and make things right and HG is kind of playing a part alongside the two of them, Claudia and Jonas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So then on the other side of that, we've got Noah and it seems that he, he wants to control time or is, I, I'm kind of unclear of what his like motive is. Cause it's like, he's willing to kill kids to make something, make it happen to make time travel happen. But it's mm-hmm. like, he wants to control time. And we know he's being led by Adam. And Adam's whole thing is like allowing things to happen as they should. So I really don't understand Adam and Noah's agenda whatsoever.
1: Well, their agenda has something to do with paradise. You know, like... Yeah. If we... um, The cycle, beginning, and then paradise. We'll get to paradise and... Hmm. Like Elizabeth in the future was doing the same thing. Like if um, if we're faithful, the path, the passage to paradise will open. So I think that's um,
0: okay. that's what they're promising people. And that's what they're saying. Helge wants to make it stop. (laughs) That's his whole thing. (laughs) So I don't think he's necessarily a paradise believer.
1: You okay. don't you don't think who is a paradise believer? Helge. Helgay, yeah, I don't think Helgay's got a concept of, of paradise.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, all right. So they have this this basic like um we're just gonna call it a concept, an abstract concept of paradise. They can't really explain what it is, but it's better than this, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's. I'm I, I, at this point. Then I'm more on Team Jonas and Claudia and HG. Then <laughs> it's not that I want to change time, but I certainly don't. You know. I mean, I guess you could you could say the same concept is like of heaven, right? Like.
1: Yeah, I view Adam, and Noah's. Um, Thing is that they're 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 what they're wanting to happen is similar to the concept of an afterlife, you know, like yeah, yeah. If we're if we like suffer well, then we will earn our way to paradise. And there's okay. you know the painting, the um the souls of the damned, you know that that that's in the that's in the parlor <laughs> that they're always looking at. Is like enduring this hell, um, or enduring this life of hell in order for a greater afterlife. Um,
0: okay, well, good. I'm, I'm glad I brought that up then because that gives me a better understanding now of seriously of, of, of where they're coming mm-hmm. from. Well, dang. Um, I guess we're going to get into our favorite characters and our least favorite characters, Lindsay. <laughs> and neither one of us have a. <laughs> have come to the table with anything um prepared so we're uh we're cuffing it as they say do you want me to go first do you want to go first
1: i can go first because i i'm ready Great. i'm ready Great. Sure. <laughs> okay so my favorite character for this episode is going to have to be claudia okay again does does that mean i agree with everything she does no but this is this is just like this is her episode i yes, mean it is. um let's see she goes to talk to her father prize to talk to regina um she sees kind of the future of her daughter and that moves her enough. Like she, it's finally like the ice queen breaketh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Um, yeah, because it hasn't, this is sort of, I think this is her soul shaking episode here. Like, um, we got some, she had some exciting, uh, the last couple episodes, obviously, like seeing herself and seeing Gretchen and all that, was you know kind of like some cool intellectual reveals. But th- these the things that happened to her in this episode break break her and sort uh-huh. of pave. It's like the origin story of the new Claudia.
0: Yeah, I hear that, and yeah, I don't I don't know how how the. Uh, the best character could be anybody other than Claudia in this episode because she is portrayed so well by all three actresses and this is her episode. Um, and I was thinking about other characters and I was thinking, oh, I like HG. He's cool. Like, and I like talking to him, but he doesn't quite have the same type of emotional um, hits as Claudia does, you know? He's just like a dude in the shop that's helping, but he's—I don't really feel connected to him. I like him, but it's not like I—I I, I don't feel connected. So, I'm—I'm I'm gonna piggyback and copycat and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Claudia is my favorite too in this episode. Lindsay.
1: Okay. Well, why don't you go f- first for yes. the naughties, then?
0: Alrighty. I I know <laughs> I know that I don't have the same same naughty character as you I know for a fact okay. and I'm first going to tell you who my naughty character is not going to be it's not <laughs> going to be Noah this episode which is okay. interesting because he shot somebody and <laughs> like you know he's time traveling hellgay, and we never know if that's safe or not and he's creepy like he always is but you know we also saw a different side of Noah this episode and he did shoot Claudia but it was at Claudia's own insistence and he's shell-shocked by the papers and so i almost wanted to like i I never want to give my favorite character to noah but just the fact that we saw a different side of him this time finally was Mm -hmm. interesting but no he gets second um (laughs) this is going to be a big barn burner for you here but i'm giving this to inez I don't like what she's doing with Mickle here. I, I do not like that that t- type of parenting where you just put your kid to sleep and just hope they're going to be okay, and just mm-hmm. ignore the problem and hope it goes away. It's just not the right move, and it's so bad. And it just it gives us a window into like his next few mm-hmm. years probably. I, I'm not liking this Inez. So so she's on my mm-hmm. list this episode.
1: I am a hundred percent in support of this. Like, I have no issues at all with um, with you giving her this cool. award. Yeah,
0: good deal. How about you? She,
1: yeah, I, I just before I before I share that, oh, I just sure. want to say about Inez. I feel like she's one of those people that's like a little Miss Perfect, <laughs> and, but yeah, she's got she's got flaws too, and her flaw is. Her like flaw, her, um, her weak spot is Mickle. She, this is, she's mm-hmm. at her worst when it comes to like the choices she makes for him. Um, very caring woman, very like, you know, but yeah, she's, she like enables his, his suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anytime he tries to talk to her, she's just like, buckle up, son. I know. It's all good.
0: That's um, also apparent this episode, too. Like, I didn't really notice it as it was happening. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, she's kind of always been this way.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so my worst is going to go to Egon again. <laughs> <sighs> you've Egon, given him, you've Egon, given him the best
0: character in the past now you have
1: I gave him a honorable mention I think because oh. I was I did I might have given it to him once but I I know I at least gave him the honorable mention because I was like I thought of some good <laughs> things he did in one episode um yeah I don't know I just I think He just has no, like, I don't know if I need to say anything else. He has no empathy towards Ulrich. They say that if you want to, like, if you really want to catch your enemy, you need to, like, understand how they think and I just don't, <laughs> my favorite my favorite uh, detective of all time is Robert Gorin from Criminal <laughs> Law and Order Criminal Intent. And okay. what I love about him is he can relate to anybody and he catches, he gets most people to confess by being a complete idiot, um, but he gets <laughs> into people's heads and understands the, how they see the world. And this is just something Egon lacks.
0: All right. He's well, emotionally yeah, gave, stunted. Yeah. You gave him the worst last week as well.
1: Yeah. And
0: yep, you're right. You gave him an honorable mention back in episode eight. But yeah, we gave him the worst episode back in episode seven. He's never, he's never been on the top. He was worse in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he's never made it on top. I was wrong about that. That's he, his name keeps coming up because we keep saying he sucks. So. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, Lindsay, I know you have been busy in the world of movies because I've seen you podcasting like crazy. Um, what's your latest you got for us over there at oneofmystories.com this week?
1: Well, I did a review of, or reviewed actually two movies, Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible um, Dead Reckoning.
0: Oh, did he Isn't live? Did he sometime? live? The <laughs> mur- motorcycle thing. Did he live?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, Steve. Uh, as well as an independent horror movie called Book- Brooklyn Forty Five. That's a Shutter original. We re- reviewed uh, both of those this week. So that is that is all I I completed. Um, still need to do my curtain raiser for Fantasia Fest. still uh, need to put out our Wawa podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hopefully you'll see both of those this week.
0: All right, good deal. How about but, you,
1: Steve? <laughs> well,
0: I was going to say, it seems to me like you're always busy, but then there, you always talk about stuff you also haven't done on top of things that you have done. <laughs> so I don't know, big kudos to you. I, I, it seems to me like you're you're getting a lot done. Um, I don't really have any plugs this week other than this podcast and my own music so um, you know give us give us a shout at uh, sweet shot of time pod at gmail.com or check our Instagram which is sweet shot of time pod or Shoot, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe be like Dylan E and go on to Spotify again and give us another <laughs> good review and another good comment on episodes because he's hitting us up again this week. Thank you, Dylan. I very much appreciate it. Um, but yeah, check us out. Thank you very much. And we're going to get out of here now. So everybody... I hope you all find some water and shade. And Lindsay, that goes to you too. I hope you always find water and shade.
1: Steve, I hope you find some water and shade too, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, pal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, have a good one.
1: Bye. (laughs)